0: and welcome to another edition of Inside EMS. I'm your stand-in host Rob Lawrence and as per last week I was Chris Ceballero which means the real live host of the show is also here with me today. Come on in Kelly Grayson.
1: I got to admit your your accent is a breath of fresh air compared to Chris's. Uh, this is the best you've ever, this is the best you've ever sounded surrogate, Chris. Uh, how are you, Rob? Well, I, you know what? We're I just worked out we're both the LA boys. You're the
0: Louisiana guy and I'm the there London area guy. So go. we're the LA team. team. Go team LA. And I live in LA. So there we are.
1: Yeah. It's well, hopefully your weather is better than the other L.A. right now. It's it, it, oh it, I've got to tell you, in Southern California, it was
0: chilly today at 60 degrees.
1: Well, chilly. we have just had oh. more... We have just had more rain. Yeah, I, I, I love your, your concept of chilly. <laughs> uh, we've had more rain in the last week than we had during either of the past two hurricanes. So it's just ridiculous. i, I got Mother. to give
0: a shout out quickly to my friends uh, Asbel Montez and Brian Choate. They're down in the, uh, I think it's the Padre, South Padre Islands in Texas at mm-hmm. a conference. And they're driving through the flood water. It's going on down there as well. So weather is oh, obviously goodness. happening in your neck of the woods there. Um, so everybody, first of all, happy EMS week. And uh, we've got it, as Chris would say, as I'm channeling my inner Chris, we've got a treat for you today, because as it's EMS week, who better to have as our guest than the man at the top of the tree from the office of EMS, I would like to welcome uh, Director Dr. John Cromer. Sir, thank you and welcome.
2: Rob, thank you so much for the invitation, Kelly, great to be with you. Uh, I feel like an outsider here on the East Coast. It's sunny, um, mid-70s. Just give us a couple months and it'll be horrible.
0: Yes, but you've got that thing on the East Coast right now called
1: pollen, haven't you, John?
2: Uh, We're not even going to go there, thank you. (laughs) I I Uh,
1: love, I think it's so cute how you guys talk about how beastly summer weather is. (laughs) That's just wonderful. Uh, Our weather pattern right now is, is 80 by 8. 80% Eighty percent humidity, eighty degrees by eight AM, and it'll only get worse from here, for sure. So, for those that uh, that are listening in, uh,
0: we have Dr. Kramer with us, and uh, Dr. Kramer, as I just said, is the director of the Office of EMS. And so, let's start, John, by just telling us, uh, you know, your role and where the office fits into the grand scheme of both government and the the world of EMS.
2: Oh, be happy to. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the director of the Office of EMS. I'm an emergency physician and an EMS doc by background and, and have been an EMS guy uh, really forever. Um, I'll, to put it in perspective, I'm going to share with you a, a brief bit of history, because I think that helps to, uh, to clarify some of the confusion. Our office and, and its predecessors at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, really started shortly after the publication of the white paper, as we all affectionately refer to, uh, Accidental Death and Disability, the Neglected Disease of Modern Society in the in the mid to late 60s. Uh, shortly after that, there was uh, a Department of Transportation Act that actually created the Department of Transportation. And part of that and the focus on EMS was as a result of what that white paper showed as really not what we know now as uh, pre-hospital care. So, because of that act, the office originally started focusing just on motor vehicle crashes, but has extended over time to expand to EMS, systems development overall to look at all of the needs whether it be adult peds cardiac respiratory trauma uh you name it uh and and really has been the only federal agency that has continued to support ems since its early inception i i have to acknowledge that that has caused a little bit of confusion in the ems community because folks have tied in the fact that ems and our office is in the Department of Transportation and that EMS historically has been reimbursed for transportation services. That's sort of the the true, true and unrelated component of it. Um, the government focused on EMS initially in the Department of Transportation. <clears throat> they required uh, the CMS, What what was the precursor to to our current CMS to reimburse for those services, but the authorization that they gave CMS was only to reimburse for transportation. So unfortunately, we've lived with that unintended consequence, uh, you know, for 50 years. Fortunately, over the last several years, the EMS community has become very aggressive about educating Congress and and pointing out needs for modifications, which we've now seen as a result of the uh, pandemic response with some of the waivers that CMS has given for EMS activities, and and obviously with the um, um, ET3 project that is now unfolding, the the emergency triage treatment and transportation, which will allow reimbursement for things other than just transportation. So that was a, a very long and uh, and complicated thing. But that's that's how those issues, I think, have gotten confused over time. Uh, in terms of our activities, uh, as I mentioned, we, we focus on, on EMS services. But we have two components to the office. One is the EMS focus. And the other is we're also the uh, host for the National 911 Program Office. That uh, was assigned to our office in the early 2000s, I believe. So part of of our staff focuses on the EMS issues. Part of our staff uh, helps coordinate all the 911 activities throughout the country.
0: And I want to drill down a little bit more about that uh, as as we go on, but uh, we've had the pandemic for the last twelve to eighteen months, depending who's counting. It's EMS week. Um, it's a chance just perhaps just to stop and uh, pat the providers on the back. And uh, how have you been celebrating it?
2: Well, it's um, we've been doing a moderate amount of um, planning to get things ready. We posted uh, videos and and some social media. Uh, activities and and have been working with the uh, stakeholder community to identify the ways that they're recognizing and celebrating EMS Week. I mean, you know, as I sort of alluded to, I'm an EMS guy and really always have been. EMS Week has always been extremely fun for me. One of the things, unfortunately, that we don't do a good job of in EMS in general is thanking and recognizing our staff you know and and not only the clinical staff but also the administrative staff that supports uh, the clinical activities you know we we don't recognize and thank them as much as we as we should so we have an opportunity to do that during ems week i think the other thing that is um, a great opportunity during ems week is that we have the opportunity to educate the community about EMS and and uh, what it does, what it's involved with and, and to point out to the community in general, the importance and the value of the EMS services that they have. If you'll indulge me for a second, I've, I've got a particular uh, affinity and interest in, in EMS Week. It was first proclaimed by President Jerry Ford in 1974 uh, selfishly, that's that's very uh, personal to me because the, the system that uh, President Ford experienced in Grand Rapids was the system that I worked with in Kent County, Michigan, for almost 20 years before coming to DC. And I had the opportunity to know and meet a number of the physicians who were personal friends of President Ford and actually educated him about EMS and were very instrumental in uh, getting EMS week established and the proclamations distributed Yeah, you know, as as you mentioned we've been really challenged for the last uh, 15 18 months and and EMS has been challenged just like everybody else has and i think during EMS week we we need to recognize that um, our colleagues throughout the nation have continued to respond not only to their regular 911 requests, uh, to special requests to regular interfacility transfers, but that's all been complicated by the COVID response and taking care of COVID patients, uh, you know, being involved in transporting folks who were repatriated to the United States, and transferring them off of cruise ships, transferring folks out of nursing homes. You know, it just reflects the fact that when faced with a challenge, EMS figures out what the challenge is and figures out how to respond to it and does a phenomenal job
0: talking about running into the storms kelly you ran into the hurricane a number of times this year but this week how have you spent your ems week
2: you
1: know rob every year ems week speak uh, sneaks up on me and and i'll admit to being somewhat of a curmudgeon uh about ems week um you, i uh, curmudgeon oh yes nah. yes curmudgeonly very curmudgeon Severalero um, is sitting on a beach now <laughs> laughing his head
0: off go on oh, keep because going. <laughs> because he knows because
1: i because I, I i talk about ems week and and i lament the fact that that the other 364 days a year or the other 51 weeks a year uh, our, our public officials and our legislators see fit to ignore us, uh, and that we do EMS week oh. backwards and so that we true. should be, we should be, we should be, um, uh, passionately advocating for EMS 51 weeks of the year. And then in the third week of May, we should take it off and, and be somewhere like where several is right now on a beach, sipping a, a drink with, uh, with an umbrella in it. But this year. Uh, you know, we've had our challenges and, and I've kind of shifted, especially seeing the, the theme for EMS week this year, caring for our communities. So I, I've kind of, sh- uh, I've, I've warmed up to, to uh, the, the EMS week uh, theme this year uh, quite a bit, because in my mind, that more accurately reflects uh, what EMS is all about uh, here in in 2021 and beyond it's because we've you know, I, I rolled my eyes derisively sometimes at the at the past uh, EMS week themes that I, I think uh, appealed more to the adrenaline junkies and uh, uh, the hero worship of EMS. but but this year, really reflects um what we're we're trying to do in ems and dr cromer mentioned those things how we've outgrown our roots as trauma tra- technicians uh, and and we're starting to to make our our legislators and policymakers aware that uh our, our capabilities are far beyond just simply transport and he mentioned the et3 project and 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 those sorts of things and and you know, the pandemic has both complicated and accelerated that. I don't know if you would agree, Dr. Cromer, that, that, you know, it delayed the, the, the implementation of ET3, but many of the, the elements of ET3 were had, had to be adopted on the fly uh, even by, by uh, agencies that weren't participating in the program. You know, to, to get to the, the point of my comment is, is, the EMS 2050 agenda talked about, uh, talked heavily about um, uh, expanding our, our horizons, broadening our scope, delving into uh, community services and, and that sort of thing. How has the COVID-19 pandemic in the last year, 18 months, uh, affected the EMS 2050 agenda? Has it accelerated? Has it decelerated it? What do you think?
2: Oh, I I think you're spot on. It has uh, significantly accelerated it. You know, you we mentioned the E.T. three project, and and um, although the pandemic did cause a, a delay in the startup, uh, it's up and running. Um, there are a number of EMS agencies that have uh, started to become more engaged in telehealth activities. In additional uh, treat-in-place activities, in uh, transport to alternate destination, you know, all of the ET3 concepts that um, have have already started, and my my federal partners will probably disown me for saying this, but <laughs> it it really has significantly uh, sped up some of those things. You know, I don't want to sound like an overwhelming bureaucrat, because it was extremely frustrating. But we were hoping that early in the pandemic, we would be able to to make some modifications as a result of the the pandemic to respond um, more quickly and more appropriately and um, uh, authorities and legislative uh, constraints just prevented us from doing that. But um, you know, the we're, we're seeing now in 2021 some of the things that the folks in uh when they were working on the agenda 2050 project didn't think we were probably going to see until the the uh, mid20s uh, at the earliest. so we're we're several years ahead of time. I wanna, if I can pick up on, on one of the comments that you made as well about the stakeholders uh, coming together, the, the EMS organizations. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of frustration in the community about the way the federal government works. Uh, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this one too, but um, it it is much more important for the community to come together and engage uh, the feds than it is for feds talking to each other. I mean, the the fact that uh, organizations like IAFC and the AAA and NAEMT were able to come together and uh, meet with both CMS and uh, congressional representatives is what led to the modifications of some of the waivers that we're seeing now so uh the it, really the the community is the one that can initiate many of the changes that need to occur
0: i have to I gotta jump back in there John because you just uh, sparked me off there you, now you got me going because two, two years <laughs> okay. ago two years ago I, here we go no no two years ago I stood up as the, one of the plenary keynote speakers at AAA and I criticized the alphabet soup of associations that uh, represent sit over watch stand guard of our industry to say that we're actually all going in disparate and different directions and we're not pulling together. Now, of course, what COVID's done, and, and and as you know, both John and Kelly and those listening, is we have seen a coming together of the minds. We've seen a clearing of the deck. We've seen a focus, which has ended up in lobby, which has ended up with you know political change. And so, again, in the same way that twenty fifty, I think we've dragged it towards us. We've also actually sorted out our Association Act, and for that, I'm very very grateful.
2: Oh, I I am too, and I guess I would. Um editorialize a little bit and say, we've got to take advantage of what's been done and make sure that it continues in that direction. We still have a lot of work to do. And in order to be successful, we got to do it together.
0: And, you know, this is EMS. And as I always say, there's never nothing to do in EMS.
2: Never. Never. You you
0: mentioned bureaucrats and bureaucracy. So I'm going to pick Mm -hmm. you up on this now, John. So uh, there's a number of organizations that sit over your office uh, to whom you are reporting up to. And and of course, I'm I'm, I'm talking about NEMSAC and FICOMS, yet more acronyms. Um, Just break that out for us a little bit.
2: Indeed. Uh, FICOMS is the Federal Interagency Committee on EMS. And that was established about 15 years ago when uh, there was a concerted effort among the federal agencies to try and come together and work, work more cooperatively and, and share information more cooperatively. So it is, uh, there are a number of federal agencies that statutorily are members of FICOMS, obviously the Department of Transportation in our office. And we have the responsibility for providing administrative and, and logistic support for it. Um, the Department of Homeland Security with their uh, with the US Fire Administration and what used to be the Office of Health Affairs is now the Office of the Chief Medical Officer. There are a number of components in Health and Human Services that participate in FICOMS, uh, the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response, the uh, EMS for Children's Program, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, CDC, I'm sorry, uh, CMS, the Indian Health Service, uh, the Department of Defense, and from a communications perspective, the Federal Communications Commission as well. Um, And then to to throw in a slight bit of reality into the organization, there's also a state EMS director that is identified by the National Association of uh, State EMS Officials. And FICOMS is really uh, tasked with bringing all of these organizations together, these departments together, and talking about all of the activities that they have involved with EMS, whether it be uh, EMS within the federal government or uh, as it affects the civilian community. And um, it's it's a fantastic group. We meet, uh, staff members meet on a monthly basis. To work on various projects and and help coordinate the um, um, the cooperation and and uh, consolidation of what we're doing. You know, it it really came about as a result of the fact that 15 years ago we realized that the EMS grants that were um, uh, released by federal agencies had different requirements and, and different goals. And uh, so part of the reason for FICOMS is to to improve that interagency work. Um, the NEMSAC that you mentioned, the National uh, EMS Advisory Council is a formal federal advisory council. So that allows the opportunity for non-FEDS to come together to meet in an official capacity and to make recommendations to the federal government. And in the context of uh, NEMSAC, those recommendations come or go to both FICOMs and to the Department, the Secretary of the Department of Transportation uh, through our office. So NEMSAC is composed of uh, 25 uh, experts from various EMS disciplines they're non-federal individuals. They are um, nominated by organizations or by individuals to fill those various roles and then appointed by the secretary for two-year terms. And all of this information is available on ems.gov, and there's a list of all the federal disciplines that are involved, but it's, you know, uh, private EMS, fire-based EMS, EMS educators, quality improvement coordinators, researchers, trauma surgeons, emergency physicians, EMS docs, uh, 911 representatives, they're, they're, it's across the board. It's, it's really a fantastic group. They have been um, extremely diligent in identifying uh, important issues for EMS. They do research, they develop advisories, which include recommendations, and I'd refer folks to the uh, NEMSAC tab on EMS.gov to look at all the wonderful work they've done.
1: You know, Dr. Kromer, you've, you've given us an excellent bird's eye view of, of how uh, the federal government uh, uh, is, is collaborating with uh, various stakeholders and advocacy organizations, steering uh the the course of EMS and and never has that been more important than the last year year and a half uh you know in in regards to the EMS 2050 agenda we we've, we've we've come a long way toward integration with other uh with other elements of healthcare and and in the last year never have I seen more cooperation uh and collaboration with hospitals uh and the EMS system Uh, as I have during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, because we, 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 uh, we've broken down some silos, that's for sure. And, and, uh, no question on, on many of these things. Um, we, we had to, I suppose, you know, because we, we had, we were faced with this pandemic and, and, uh, if we can't adapt to it, we're going to fail. Um, but, and to my mind we've done a pretty fair job of of adapting to it and and changing our our way of thinking to a certain extent um and it would seem that we we're on the downslope of of this pandemic now and we're we're learning how to handle it and and uh and that sort of thing but that's only relevant until the next problem comes along uh you got it what what kind of things uh what keeps you awake at night um what what are you looking for that's going to be our next big challenge and how do you think we'll we'll face it
2: oh man um (laughs) big question we
1: never said we're just going to give you easy questions john come on
2: describe the universe give two examples (laughs) yeah you're starting to reflect (laughs) on my nightmares but before doing that i i want to pick up on a couple of words that you just used and and that's um, you know, collaboration and, and cooperation, because I, that is spot on. And we've got to make sure that that we continue along those same lines. I think in, in terms of, uh, there's no question, and, and I don't want to say this in a negative way, but there's no question that EMS is under a lot of stress right now. Yeah. Um, we're under financial stress, We've got to figure out ways of, of working to address that. And, and that quite candidly has to involve working with um, the federal leaders. It has to involve working with uh, private healthcare systems and, and private entities. Um, but the other stress that, that I think we have to be really cognizant of is the workforce stress that we're under um you know covid um has made a whole lot of people work very very hard and and that applies to both career staff and volunteer staff uh volunteer staff both in in uh urban but more particularly in rural areas um we've we've had folks exit and we've had challenges to the EMS education system, which actually goes back to the Agenda 2050 activities. We've we've got to pay particular attention to the psychological and, and mental stress that we have put people through in the last 15 to 18 months. I mean, they have been working long hours, they've been working in stressful environments, they've been working in PPE, they haven't been able to have the same kind of personal engagement with their peers and their coworkers and their patients that they're used to. Yeah, The the probably the two biggest things that uh, we have to continue at the forefront right now are continuing to address the financial issues and continuing to support our workforce uh, because that that's gonna be an issue for years to come, I think. I,
0: I can't have you on, John, without talking data because as you know, it's my favorite four-letter word. I am a great fan and proponent of Nemesis. Particularly the, the the charts and the data that they've been putting up for the last year, um, just highlighting you know the battle that we're in, and it's free to all. But uh, what a, what a fantastic product! And uh, what have you learned from that?
2: We are extremely excited about Nemesis, the National EMS Information System. Um, that's one of the areas that uh, I didn't mention yet that our office has responsibility for. And uh, Nepsis actually is, is an interesting program because it's more than just the national database. The information system really brings all of the components together in that it defines the data elements and um, our technical assistance center and program manager have been working very, very closely with other areas of uh, healthcare informatics to make sure that our system is aligned with other areas of the the healthcare system. So we define the data elements, um, produce the data dictionary. We do compliance on all of the uh, EPCR vendors' products to make sure that they are compliant with the standards that uh, that have been established by the community. And when I say the community, that's that's, um, us working very closely with the state EMS offices and the state data managers and state directors uh, to address the needs that we, we need for documentation. Um, You know, it's it's a, a hassle to the clinicians to have to complete the patient care report. And, you know, we could spend all sorts of time talking about that, but it is an integral part of our system. What we have found with the pandemic is that we've been able to use the information that everybody contributes and turn it into surveillance products. So we can look at Uh, data on EMS activations over the course of the pandemic. We can look at data associated with cardiac arrest rates and um, ILI rates and uh, traumatic injury rates and and things like that so it it provides us with with a wonderful repository uh that we through the through agreements with the states have been able to expand over the last year to get into some of the uh surveillance activities that you were alluding to rob Um, Again, there's so much going on. I just refer folks to nemesis.org and have them look at some of the surveillance information that uh, is updated on a weekly basis, but that we've been able to create over the last year. And we're going to make sure
0: that links in the show notes. And uh, I'm just going to say before I toss it back to you, Kelly, that uh, okay. you know whether you're uh, an EMS chief or whether you're actually on the truck, the uh, the Nemesis by the Numbers weekly charts gives you a real snapshot of what's going on, what's gone on i've certainly used it to brief at the highest levels uh, again you know the lobbying effort that uh, that i'm certainly doing with my work at aaa uh, enables us to show those charts and go look this is what's happened to us and therefore what's happening to the patients um, and this is how hard we're working so i think it's a it's a vital product and and, and again to to the team there thank you for doing that
2: thank you rob i appreciate yeah. that and and
1: as my my uh significant other and my in-house data geek uh, is fond of saying uh you can't improve something if you at first don't measure it and uh and nims is an excellent example of that uh we we suffer from a lack of data but hopefully not too much longer um well we're
2: we're working on continuing to improve the uh data in and and data out
1: yeah exactly. and and Dr. Cromer, thank you uh, for appearing on the show. You've given us an excellent insider's view on on what our federal oversight agencies have have been doing uh, uh, and and helping steer the course during the the coronavirus pandemic. and it's much appreciated. Thank uh, you, Kelly.
2: It's my yeah. honor.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, that we've been tested in the last 18 months. Uh, we've been tested and stressed, but uh, as any, uh, any athlete will tell you when, you, when you test and stress a muscle, uh, you merely make it stronger. But, hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Are you enjoying the show? If so, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and contact the Inside EMS team at the show at EMS1.com to share ideas, suggestions, feedback. Even if you'd like to join us as a guest, you're welcome. Hit us up. And for myself, co-host Rob Lawrence and our special guest this week, Director of EMS of NHTSA, Dr. John Cromer. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.